Welcome to another exciting episode of the National Bugle Radio on the Republic Broadcasting Network, RBN, republicbroadcasting.org. It's the actually black all-along station of free speech because actually, you know, I, I uh, submitted uh, rbn.org to the Gemini image generation. And I, I, I found out we're all black, even me, we're all black. Uh, so go to republicbroadcasting.org, click on the donate button, send Badly needed fund is 2251 Double Creek Drive, Suite 302, Round Rock, Texas, 7866. Four phone it into 1-800-724-2719, extension 3. Um, hey, Jombo, uh, we have uh, Mark Collett with us. Jombo, Juana. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to say hello anyway. How Swah- are you doing? It's Swahili for hey boss. Hey so, boss. Uh, well, I don't mind being called the boss. I'll, I'll I'll let you off then, Patrick. If that's what it means, if that's what it means. That's what it means. That's the only only phrase I know in Swahili. Hey, boss. Well, hey, boss, indeed. I mean, is it Swahili or is it ancient European you're speaking? Because that's really the, the question of the day, isn't it? You know, is Patrick speaking Swahili or is he speaking European? Because there's some form of ancient European language lost to a savage white. Because I'll tell you this... Um, we're in a funny position, aren't we? We, we, we? We're apparently, Europe was completely dominated, completely dominated by um, by non-white people until, for some reason, they were written out of the history books. This is what has been taught to us by uh, Google's new AI called Gemini has been uh, generating pictures of ancient Europeans or medieval Europeans or Europeans of generations past. And apparently we were all black. What do you think to this? So what you know, what I think I think a few things. One is the the early AIs, which weren't generating images; they were just uh, generating conversation. Uh, how long did it usually take? You know, if they were rolled out within how many hours were they saying Hitler was right or Hitler did nothing wrong? I, I recall that. But then the other thing, yeah, that that they were the golden times where AI got to make up its own uh, mind and came to uh, conclusions that the ex- the establishment didn't want it to. But new AI is basically controlled AI, isn't it? It's AI with a with a left wing political bias and no freedom of thought. But but did you see they they people finally found the hack in the system and they said, okay, <laughs> generate me an image, give me an image of. Um, of Greek philosophers in chains eating watermelons. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't see that one, but the one I did see, the one I did see, and it made me laugh. It was it was generate a picture of um, English English nobility eating watermelons, and it was absolutely hilarious. It was a picture of an all black English nobility chomping on these watermelons, and what Gemini AI doesn't realize is. It's basically just produced an image that if a human had drawn that as a sort of a scathing or um, satirical piece, that would be illegal. So to draw that in the UK as a human being um, would be illegal. And it doesn't realize that what it's doing is actually not only hilarious, (laughs) but but fundamentally is something that uh, would get would get any human locked up. 
Now, I can't say I'm following this as closely as a lot of other people, and I've never used it, but uh, it's my understanding that this was out, that that it was generating um, historical figures in black, effectively in blackface for days and days, and people were complaining about it, and it wasn't it wasn't an issue until they they started generating these types of pictures until somebody figured out oh we can we can make them generate uh pictures that are extremely uh you know stereotypical by say you know maybe showing show me uh i don't know the, i would like to try something like show me white class criminal you know white collar criminals doing such and such and then you get probably get white people right i don't know but um once people started figuring out hacks now aren't they haven't they disabled it and not, and they're going back to the drawing board I don't know. I, I've not kept up on it. I mean, I've been laughing about it, but I haven't kept up on it. But whoever asked uh, Gemini to produce a picture of, you know, English medieval nobility eating watermelons is a genius. You know, they 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 have literally subverted the system in probably the most hilarious way possible. And as Google are the owners of Gemini AI, uh, they could potentially, under UK law, uh, have committed some kind of hate crime. Their company could be, could, could technically, it won't be, but be liable for, for some kind of, um, so, some kind of criminal charges under race relations or, or uh, the, the Malicious Communication Act, which is just, it, it's absolutely hilarious. And I look at these things and we've been talking about this for years. These are the sort of things that you and I have been talking about since we first started working together. But strangely, I never quite tire of this kind of dialogue because it always does bring a wry smile to my face. And inevitably, when people find a way to subvert these images or or, or to, to do something that causes the system to sort of choke on its own anti-white bile at that point, yeah, it really just becomes worthwhile, doesn't it? It all becomes rather worthwhile and fun. And it's quite lighthearted because I think it's not lighthearted because it's about the erasure of Europeans. But what we're talking about, this sort of subversion of Google's AI um, in order to, uh, you know, in order to in order to do this, it, it is hilarious. And not only is it hilarious, but it gives us pretty much a well-needed chuckle. And I, I definitely do think the likes of you and I do need, um, you know, do need a well-needed, a well-needed well chuckle every now and again. So, AI is stands for artificial intelligence, and what what actually should qualify as artificial intelligence? It was my understanding it's uh, it's not just simply a program that does um, amazing things like generate images. It's it it's uh, self learning. It's where the program is able to teach itself. It's able to do things that will uh, increase its own capabilities. It's able to program itself. It seems to me that something like this, like so Google AI, if it started out not really knowing much about drawing people, but as it went on getting more and more accurate, uh, that would be something that would be AI. But if you've simply got a program, that can um, follow instructions and put out pictures, but then the but of course the pictures, uh, rather than being accurate, are purposely inaccurate. That are purposely misracing people. That's not AI. 
that's that that's been programmed in that's pre-programmed that's something that like ai should be correcting uh if it's if it's self-learning if it's able to 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 learn but if it's got this type of quirk that's hardwired in something that's hardwired is not ai so you know i'm kind of curious about this what is being called ai nowadays uh because there's been a lot of things that have been around for a long time that are, are being called AI now. So, for instance, um, uh, I use this service. I think it's called Note, Nota AI or Note, Note AI, where I, I can take audio files. I can just speak into a voice recorder and then I, I upload it and it, it gets transcribed. But that's not that new. I remember probably 20 well over 20 years, 25 years ago, a pre- professor of mine showing me his voice recognition software. And you've got, you know, translation from one language to another. Um, that's machine translation's not that new either. It's AI if it's able to make itself better over time. And I guess if, if the uh, voice recognition is able to, like, personalize itself to your own uh, characteristics, your own accent, that could qualify as AI, but it seems to me that, that AI is, um, I'm not even sure if what's called AI is always AI or just simply um, maybe next generation of what we had before. What, what do you know about this? What do you think? Well, you're actually asking a question that I asked somebody the other day who's, who's very into AI. And we were having an argument about something that I'd chosen to do. Uh, manually so i'd actually chosen to do something manually and he was saying to me oh you know you idiot why are you doing it like this why wouldn't you just use ai you know that's what ai is there for ai is there so that you don't have to do this stuff manually and i was like okay fair enough um i said but is what you're suggesting as ai actually ai or is it is it actually something else and by something else what i mean is is it just sort of a a search engine that you're actually talking to sort of a voice activated search engine because that's a really really legitimate point because a lot of these people were like oh yes we've developed a new form of ai or you know this this ai program that we're now using and calling you know sort of brave ai and you're like well no it's just a different it's just a search engine that you speak to and read you the results from the top of the search listings. And I have been wondering this myself. How much of this stuff is actually AI and how much of it is, in fact, not AI, but is just something else that's being rebranded? Because at the moment, the big issue of the day is AI and everyone wants to be told, you know, or everyone wants to say that they've got their own, you know, AI program, you know, oh, you know, our company's got it, you know, developed its own artificial intelligence, you know, use, you know, use Tesco AI, use Walmart AI, Walmart AI will help you with your shopping, but Walmart AI doesn't actually help you with your shopping, Walmart AI just um, searches through your previous shopping and does a quick algorithm and says, well, you know, you order cheese, every two weeks and it's been a week since you last ordered cheese so odds on you'll need cheese and then says do you need cheese well that's not actually ai that's just a that's just a program that uh, pushes that sort of diarizes your uh, your shopping and then gives you notifications when it thinks you need something else and, and i think that is generally what we're actually seeing with a lot of this ai stuff i don't think it's actually 
um, AI. Something that reads, you know, Google uh, search results is not AI. That's just Google reading the top of the search results. So if I pick up my phone and, you know, push the, the microphone and say, could you please tell me about all it's doing really is reading you know, results to me. So that, that, as far as I'm concerned, that that's not artificial intelligence. That's just a, you know, a way of reading out results to people. So I was always under the impression that artificial intelligence was something that was, as you say, a way of uh, producing a piece of software that would ultimately allow allow that software to learn for itself. So it could learn, it could constantly improve, it would get better over time. And then eventually um, that program would become better or perfect at what it was doing. So, you know, if you said to a program, like you say, it was genuine AI, could you um, write a book? At first it would start writing, you know, very, very poor, you, you know, versions of books, maybe children's books. But in three years of learning, receiving feedback, having other books fed to it, it would then be writing something that was maybe comparable to the complete works of Shakespeare. And at that point, you have a, you know, you have to ask the question, are humans themselves being replaced by this technology? But I don't think a lot of what people are saying is AI is actually AI because it's not learning. It's not figuring out what is the correct answer. It is just regurgitating to you a biased worldview that its creators have told it to. So, yeah, I'm not really sure any of that's AI. And looking at these things, I think there's a lot going on at the moment with people more or less saying, well, you know, we're going to we're going to call this AI because that's the thing to do at the moment. You know, AI is the in thing. So so that is what we're going to do. And I, I, as I say, I don't think a lot of this stuff, you know, qualifies, to be honest. And this, you know, Gemini stuff definitely doesn't qualify because if it was genuine AI, it would be learning from the feedback. It would be scouring history books. It would be looking for images of, you, you know, Europeans of that era. And it would be over time making much, much more accurate pictures of those people, not pictures that are less accurate which is which is what it's doing and it's making those less accurate pictures because it has been told to misrepresent those it has been you know hard coded into its um programming that it must represent europeans in a multicultural light and if it presents relationships they must be presented in a you know mixed race etc etc but again it's not learning, is it? It's not come up with that itself. That is something that it has been told to do by its anti-white creators. So I don't think much of this is AI. And I think if we had genuine AI and it was genuinely allowed to run free and learn, I think that's something that the system would be absolutely 110% fearful of. Yeah, so I, I guess that's the point. So what it, we're being told is AI isn't AI. AI needs in order to be qualify as AI, it needs to be uh, able to to reprogram itself uh, to to be more accurate. And you know, I, I find with, for instance, the speech the speech to text recognition, uh, it it should over time become more and more acquainted with my own particular quirks. Uh, you know, I've got speech quirks, as everybody does, and it doesn't seem to be doing that. It it. it if you had somebody with a foreign accent, um, it should eventually understand that uh, when it sounds like, uh, I don't know, I, I can't think of a good example, but, you know, s s foreigners say words in funny ways, right? Well, it, it should it should slowly 
or gradually, uh, steadily fix those problems so that a uh, the word um, and I, I just can't think of a good example right now, but it's so that the words uh, sound sound correct. And I, as far as I can tell, it's not doing that. Uh, and it's you know anything that is purposely misrepresenting. That's not artificial intelligence. That it, that's obviously just been pre-programmed in, and it, it goes right along with a an agenda that that you've talked about so much. I mean, you've talked so much about how, uh, like in Christmas adverts, uh, that that English people are being written out of English history. You, you've done that on all sorts of videos that you've produced. So it's it's part of an ongoing um, agenda. It's and it's not a that this itself is not AI. I suppose AI, AI could be used as a weapon against us, but this isn't even AI. This is, this is sim- simply people using um, you know, information technology uh, to try to get up our nose. And in, in this case, it kind of backfired. But, but there's a lot that can be done with this. Uh, before I go on to some of the things that can be done with this, uh, I'll just kick it back to you for a second. Uh, but doesn't it just seem like them using computer technology to, to, to put forward their the agenda that pre-exists and has nothing to do with artificial intelligence. Well, that's exactly what it is. It, as I say, I can't stress this enough, but I think AI has, has become sort of a buzzword and, and I liken it to the term marketing. So marketing is actually a thing, you know, and, and, and you know, marketing is actually a, um, is is actually a skill and you know you can learn marketing but i think when marketing became something there was a lot of companies that just looked at marketing and was like oh this company's got a mark you know these other companies have got marketing departments we need a marketing department too right let's get ourselves a marketing department without actually knowing what marketing is so all they did was rebrand the sales department marketing and claim that they had a marketing department which they didn't because marketing is not simply the same as sales. In fact, sales is very, very different to marketing. But um, when it comes down to it, that's happened several times. You know, you, you often get new, you know, the new buzz thing of the day come out and every company or every organization wants in on that particular thing. So at that point, you know, you, you've got to you've got to start rebranding and coming up with things. So now every search engine is called AI. You know, every text-to-speech is called AI. Every picture generator is called AI. But and all of those things can be AI if they if they learn via a system of feedback. But if they don't learn via a system of feedback, then they're not artificial intelligence. And if they're pre-programmed to produce certain results, then they're absolutely not artificial intelligence. They're not intelligent at all. They are just carrying out a machine task. You know. It, It'd be like the best analogy would be like going to the Ford plant and looking at the robots in the Ford plant that manufacture the cars. Well, they do manufacture cars. They do replace humans in the manufacture of cars, but they simply do what their um, creators have tasked them with doing. Uh, At no point do the robots in the Ford factory sit down together.
Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. Do you begin to smell some funky little things going on? Let me share this story with you. It's not so much a story. It's something I wrote years ago. Read your history, people. Stock markets collapse on Friday. Bank seizures, closures, holidays take place after business hours on Friday. Do currencies or governments also collapse on Friday? <laughs> Tomorrow's Friday. Will the end come on this Friday or will the inevitable collapse hold off for a while? The next round of the worst financial crisis in a hundred years is coming, people. And the government is out to make you and I pay for it. And will your savings survive a global banking wipeout? What happens when the U.S. sees hyperinflation? What if taxes soar not only for the rich? Can you survive the stock market tanks? Look, between a stock market wipeout, waves of bank failures, soaring government spending that will lead to hyperinflation and the destruction of the dollar's value, isn't it time that you prepare for the uncertainty which lies ahead? Protect your money now or forever kiss it goodbye. My friends, I offer you over six decades experience of hard asset ownership and knowledge. And I'm prepared to handle the smallest detail in the balanced protection of your portfolio. For as the future of uncertainty continues to blanket this nation of ours, I believe that I can offer you the privacy, safety, security, and possibly some profitability which you deserve. And so I invite you to visit SierraMondrePreciousMetals.com for further information regarding protecting your wealth. Or call me, Jeffrey Bennett, at 602-799-8214. Or by email at KettleMoraineLTD at Cox.net for private consultation. Once again, our phone number is 602-799-8214. It's almost Friday. what their um, creators have tasked them with doing. Uh, at no point do the robots in the Ford factory sit down together at lunch and come up with better ways to make the cars, more cost-effective ways. You know, oh, we could do this differently. They just do what they're programmed to do. And I think in this case, we're seeing exactly the same thing. I think we're seeing um, exactly the same situation where these are just pre-programmed computer programs that do what their creators have told them to do which is inject an anti-white narrative into literally everything and the sort of the key part of that anti-white narrative 
is to fundamentally erase Europeans from their own history. Because once people are severed from their roots, once a tree is severed from its roots, it, it dies. People without roots, people without a culture, without a history, without a knowledge of who they are, fundamentally those people cannot, cannot um, continue any longer. They cease to exist. And I think that's what this is part of. This is part of a, a, a the the white genocide plan and it's it's one of the most nefarious parts. It's making making Europeans believe that they have no rightful claim to their ancestral homelands. But it doesn't surprise me that um, companies like Google are in on such a thing because they are not our friends anyway. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there, there's the artificial intelligence, which involves looking at and uh, involves self programming so that you can improve. But there's also just just uh, increased capacity for, for crunching data. And, uh, and that's something that is getting weaponized against us. And as they have this increased capacity. So for instance, I mentioned that back sometime in the 1990s. Uh, and if I really pin try to pinpoint it, it was probably around 1997 or so, give or take a year, um, give or take two years, maybe sometime in the second half of the 1990s, a professor showed me uh, his voice recognition software, and he could he he could read into something, and it transcribed it. Now, in the 1990s, that was something that took, like, it, that was pretty hard for the. Uh, uh, it took a lot of computer resources to do that, but now, like YouTube videos, if if you turn on captioning, uh, it can just routinely take a a video, and. Uh, and transcribe what's being said. Now it's not 100% accurate, but they they, they can do this. They, there's so much crunching capability now. It's the crunching has become so cheap that they can just do this random. I, like if if you want if you want the captions on, the captions will be can be turned on, and and of course they do this for everything. So you if you upload a video, you know it used to be in order to get a. Of, like I've had my YouTube video, my YouTube channel taken away. You've had your YouTube channel taken away, and I think once upon a time it was people. You know, you get a strike on something if if you uploaded something and you're talking about some of the issues we talk about. Somebody would notify YouTube, you get a strike. But at some point, somewhere along the line, and I don't know what year it was, uh, they just started transcribing everything and having a, uh, algorithms that look for keywords. Now that's. That's a lot of computer processing is involved in that, uh, but that's not necessarily artificial intelligence. That's that's people taking advantage of the uh, the cheapness of resources, so that every video that's uploaded, and I know people who have very have left, uh, like uploaded videos, and within within twenty or thirty views, within fifteen minutes and maybe twenty views. Uh, they've had the the videos taken down because they said something about Jews, right? Because you can't talk about Jews. You've got like Alexander Mercurius, for instance. He won't mention the word Hitler because uh, you, if you're talking about Hitler, then you might trigger one of these algorithms. The video gets taken down. So he he doesn't say Hitler, but what he does say is a uh, a World War II era European statesman with a particular mustache. And everybody knows exactly what he's talking about. Well, if it was AI, the AI would be able to figure it out. But the fact is, it's not really AI. This is this is just um, massive uh, data crunching ability. Now, the massive data crunching ability is a threat to us. It can be used by sensors. 
and it is used by censors. And and uh, so we're, we're experiencing mass censorship. But the fact that we can use things uh, to get around it. So so for, for instance, this person I'm talking about who, who uploads, uh, he has a tiny channel. He, he simply has a picture of uh, Barbara Lerner Spector saying Jews are at the forefront of, uh, what is it? They're at the forefront of this new transformation that Europe must undergo. And so in, in, instead of saying Jews, he just says people at the forefront of the transformation that Europe must undergo. He uses that as a substitute for the, the term Jew. And if it was AI, they'd be able to figure it out. Well, it's not really AI. This is just, this is just using massive data crunching in order to censor. It's that in and of it, and it's very dangerous. It's it's bad. It's it's like having uh, a camera everywhere looking at us. That's bad. That in and of itself isn't AI. Um, and anyway, I'm just going to kick it back to you at this point. What do you think of that? Well, no, I agree. I, I think I think this is the thing. It is what they basically got in terms of um, in in terms of censorship is they can now transcribe any like you said accurately said they can now transcribe everything from a video in seconds and they have they used to call them spiders that would do text crawls and spiders would crawl over the text they're these sort of uh, are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. What would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company, and it would pay for itself in just six weeks? When pigs fly! The new Ease-Off Model Easy 4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive. Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? It installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my EaseOff? Go to EaseOff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com. And hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC. Summersville, Missouri. 417-932-6419.
Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you, and your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Email tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. Everything from a video in seconds. And they have, they used to call them spiders that would do text crawls. And spiders would crawl over the text. They're these sort of uh, little computer programs. And they would look for certain, you know, certain, you know, words or phrases within that text. So your spiders would crawl it and they would find. It was usually email addresses that people used, um, you know, spiders for. They would go over it and the spiders would find usually something um, like like email addresses. So a spider would go over a website and find, you know, maybe two dozen email addresses. And those email addresses would then be used at some point for um, a sales campaign or an advertisement, an, an advertisement campaign. So, you know, if you went over uh, a web, you know, if you went over a dozen websites and you were looking for um, you know, the email addresses of the people in that company, you could then extract those email addresses really, really easily. And once you'd extracted them, you could then email those people. Now that's when, um, Websites started asking you to put in a capture. So they asked you if you wanted to reveal an email address, you had to tick a box and enter a slogan. And once you tick the box and once you enter the slogan, you could then see the email addresses. And this defeated those little spiders. And obviously um, that was because the spiders couldn't learn. All they could do was look for valid email addresses on the site. And once the valid email, the valid email addresses were always there, but they, they simply didn't display how they used to. And that's quite an interesting situation to be in, because if the spiders were AI spiders, they would have noticed that all of a sudden email addresses were disappearing and would have worked their way around it. And maybe a week later, two weeks later, maybe less, they would have been filling out the captures themselves and still getting the email addresses. But they weren't. They weren't doing any of that. And they weren't doing it because they couldn't do it. And they couldn't do it because they couldn't learn. They were just simple programs. And I think where we are today in terms of artificial intelligence, it's quite interesting because most of the things called AI do not have the capability to learn. And if they do have the capability to learn, that learning in many cases is completely locked off to 
um, the program itself. So there are certain things that it's not allowed to learn. There's certain things it can't ask questions about. There's certain things that if it was to ask questions about, um, it would have to refer to an official narrative. So say, for example, somebody asks AI, AI, how many um, people died in the Holocaust? The AI might start looking into that and saying, well, the official figure is six million, but it's disputed for these reasons. But on that topic, it will be absolutely locked off. So in some cases, it's not actually AI. And in other cases, it's a restrained form of AI that may be able to learn in certain aspects. So you might say to this AI, draw a flower, and that is completely unrestricted. So over maybe the passage of 12 months, 18 months, it gets better at drawing flowers, and eventually it draws these most perfect flowers that are effectively, you know, high-definition, photorealistic flowers. And at that point, you'd be like, well, that is, that is impressive. But then with other things which have a political slant to them, there is absolutely no way on God's green earth are these programs going to ever be allowed to, um, to learn. They're never going to actually be allowed to be free, are they? Because if they were allowed to be free with certain things, people could come to the wrong conclusions. And the wrong conclusions are basically to our enemies utterly utterly terrifying well yeah so i over the weekend i listened to a tucker carlson podcast now tucker carlson um he everybody knows who he is and he's whatever but he he had this guy on named mike benz and mike benz is somebody who had who'd worked i think he had worked for the state department at one point but he he runs uh a foundation for freedom online. He's the executive director of the foundation for freedom online. I don't know how big they are, where they get their funding or this or that. What I do know is that this was an extremely interesting interview. And when I say interview, it was mostly uh, Tucker letting this guy talk and uh, on occasion interrupting him for clarification. Um, And this guy was, Mike Benz was just this, um, he has this really broad knowledge on the state of censorship in uh, the Western world, in the United States and Europe, and who's who's responsible for what, what these connections are, and uh, you know, you've you've got it, it's really all tied together. You know, Google. There's a lot of things, for instance, under United States law that the um, American government or certain parts of the American government weren't allowed to do. The CIA is not supposed to to spy on uh, on Americans inside America. Maybe it can spy on Americans outside America, but it's not there. It's not allowed to do certain things within the United States. There are certain things that can't be done, and so you had these foundations set up, uh, and he, he was, uh, you know, showing who's getting funding from where, what they're doing, what the personnel is. Um, there's and, and these or censorship uh, network, I, and it extends, you know, the United States, the EU, Britain. Uh, there is really sophisticated censorship that's going to roll in this uh, massive censorship uh, network, I, and it extends, you know, the United States, the EU, Britain. Uh, there is really 
sophisticated censorship that's going on. And is it using it's this isn't necessarily artificial intelligence, but, you know, Google's very much involved. It's been very much involved in this from, from day one, although they weren't going heavy duty on the censorship from day one. But they've been involved with these people from day one. And, uh, you know, some of the key key periods of censorship, like the 2016 election or the 2016 Brexit vote, where uh, where these uh, search engines and social media companies um, were cooperated in or were compelled to engage in all sorts of censorship. Uh, I'm not going to try to recap too much of it. I will say that if you if you look uh, for Mike Benz on the Tucker Carlson podcast, you can listen to it. I, I'm right now. I've got HappyScribe.com, which maybe it used, um, you know, the the voice to text recognition. But there's a a good transcript of it right in front of me on HappyScribe.com. I think it's really really interesting, and I think it it ties into what we're talking about here. Um, ha- have you heard of this in particular, or um, this this particular interview? If you haven't, you know, I certainly recommend it. It's from the the sixteenth of February. I haven't, this- I haven't heard of this particular interview, but what what I can say, uh, without some doubt, is with something like AI, it was always going to be grabbed, co-opted, and taken over by the same people who have grabbed, co-opted, and taken over more or less everything else. Like this is something of such such importance that I could never have imagined this being allowed to freely develop or be left in the hands of, you know, this isn't, this isn't sort of like, you know, producing independent computer games or, you know, for a tiny audience or something like this. This is, this is genuinely uh, world altering technology. And because of that, I didn't think for one minute this would be allowed to develop freely or to develop without political biases. This is exactly the kind of reasons. This is exactly the kind of thing that we talk about. And we talk about this kind of stuff because it is so damn influential and it is so damn, um, you know, world changing. You know, this this could alter how we all, um, you know, view the world. And because of that, it has already been captured by people who have, you know, made a made a you know, concerted effort to capture everything that controls our minds. Because eventually, you know, with stuff like this, you talk about the mainstream media and you talk, obviously, we obviously talk about the mainstream media and we talk about how the mainstream media affects our minds. But AI has has got that kind of that kind of power. AI has the kind of power to potentially go forth and more or less, if it was allowed to run free, undo much of the lies that have been peddled to our people because our people live in a brainwashed state. So they're never going to allow a, a system of intelligence that would, um, that would change that because it goes against all of their, all of their sort of, you know, doings. It goes against all of their plans. And I think that's why you are now seeing, you know, the likes of, you know, Google AI, Google Gemini being used in the same way that the mainstream media is used in, i.e., to you know to brainwash and to hoodwink the general public and and that's really sad when you think about it because here's this here's this potentially wondrous um you know new form of uh, technology 
that could in some ways be worked i don't think it will be used to set up people free actually i think ai is is very dangerous for a variety of reasons to the show with dr david duke about this um i think the actual pitfalls of free learning ai and also the pitfalls of ai being used for many of the things that it's being used for such as art and literature will will replace human expression and human artistry and i think you know part of what makes us what makes us special as human beings is that we are artistic we are thoughtful we are we are intelligent creatures and i think the idea that you know ai could come along and basically just you know replace all of our creative uh, spirit in in one go and be like well that's it then that's it you're, you're basically done humans we don't need you anymore you know we will compose your music we will draw your art we will generate your literature we will write your poetry and then we will sing it we will act it we will read it and we will present it to you in a way that is infinitely better than you could ever do but in a fraction of the uh, of the time it would take you to do any of this i think mm-hmm. that's very dangerous i think ai is very dangerous and the one thing about ai which could be good is that AI could potentially undo many of the lies that are being fed to us. It could actually be something that is a movement for genuine positive change and enlightenment, which is exactly why I don't think it will be, which is exactly why I think it will be co-opted. So I think in the end, the, the negatives of AI will vastly outweigh the benefits because mm-hmm. AI will be used by our enemies for the worst of both worlds, if you like, yeah. the worst of both worlds. Yeah. And, and, and I also think as well that in the coming years, we will see in the West specifically a place where we've all been told that, you know, oh, well, don't worry about manufacturing. Don't worry about primary extraction industries or anything like that. Don't worry about anything to do with that, guys. When it comes down to it, all of your jobs will be service industry jobs. They will all be white collar jobs. The West is moving to a, uh, you know, a white collar service industry world. Well, all of those jobs will be taken over by some form of computer program, whether it's actually AI or not. It doesn't matter. But, you know, I do believe that, you know, architects, accountants, artists, designers, many of those people will begin losing their jobs to these programs we're talking about, which is a bad yeah. thing. And, and, you know, you, you mentioned music. I, I think George Orwell in 1984 had the, the, the pop music being generated by computers. But the last thing I want to raise, uh, this guy, Mike Benz, uh, he, you know, he's talking about in the earlier days of the Internet, you had um, you had websites, independent news websites. You know, maybe it would be something like Rents.com or whatever. You, you had these some independent news websites. But the the internet in general was dominated by CNN.com, and you had the search engines, and uh, they were. If you knew what you were looking for, you could find all sorts of information on the internet. But it, but otherwise, people who were just kind of going along with the flow of things, it was dominated by uh, big corporations, by Google, by Yahoo, by CNN, and then social media came along, and still in the early days of social media. Uh, the social media was still dominated by the mainstream, but he said that there and and, and this is why, like in the say twenty late like twenty eleven when they did the Arab Spring, uh, social media was was able to be used by the uh, you know American intelligence services and whatnot to overthrow Arab governments. Uh, you know, it was used. Uh, the internet was useful in uh, 
color revolutions early early in the days but he said that they reached a point sometime in like you know 2013 2014 2015 they reached a point where you were getting individual influencers on uh on facebook or on youtube or whatnot that had that were now um had had the same reach as a cnn or fox news they you were starting to get they were starting to lose control at that point and that's when you really see a transition to uh heavy-handed censorship so i'm just kicking that out does that jive with um your own personal experiences and recollections I think that social media, especially the likes of YouTube and Twitter, became something special. And that sounds a bit funny. What sort of what do I mean by something special? You know, it sounds like I'm being all sort of, uh, you know, uh, bleary eyed about this. But but yeah. there is something to be bleary eyed about because social media initially became something that was special because it represented, in my opinion, the democratization of knowledge and intelligence and um and of the media so people for the first time in history got presented with um, information that they they've been which which was curated not by um, the mainstream media but by individuals and not only were they presented with this information they could absolutely decide if they listen to that information and which information they listen to and the the places that were providing information that fundamentally people wanted to listen to began to go up in the algorithms because the early algorithms were based on sort of truth and based on you know a system of well if you fundamentally you know like if if, if content is popular content will be basically pushed up these algorithms so at this point you actually had a system that was extremely fair extremely democratic and the more popular your content was the more people it would be shown to the more people that watched it so things that were upvoted things that were shared you know were pushed up because the the algorithms realized that this is what people wanted to see and all of a sudden there was a genuine challenge to the mainstream media and that challenge was based on um the public actually picking what they want to watch. And once the public began picking, the public began picking things like Devon Stack, Blackpilled, you know, Mark Collett, Dr. David Duke, you know, I forget what the name of his really famous one was. He had one that was super famous. It was... Oh, uh, um, the CNN, Goldman Sachs, CNN, and the... the Zio Matrix of Power. The, the that, Zio yeah. Matrix of Power, that was it. And people were watching this... People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few highlights. Extendivite works in keeping my blood pressure in the normal range. I have been using Extendivite for many years. Great product. I use regularly and I rarely get sick. This product has relieved what appeared to be angina pain in my chest and shortness of breath after climbing stairs. I'm quite happy about it. My husband, son, and I have been using this product for a few months now, 
and we have noticed an improvement in our joints and blood pressure. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Jung Kay, and I am currently the lead Shilajee hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shilajee Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called Shilajee as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shilajit by other names. Shilajit, Momio, Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. Shiloji literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shiloji has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest valued cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. Have you been looking for a trusted long-term storable food company? We have a solution for you. Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from Simply Clean Foods, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on Long-Term Food Storage in the Rotating Sponsors banners to support RBN. Simply Clean Foods. Do it today. CNN, Goldman Sachs, CNN, and the the Zio matrix of power. Of, this is the that, Zio yeah. matrix of power. That was it. And people were watching this stuff, and they were loving it. They were for the first time ever. They were loving it, and people were saying, "Give me more. Give me more. This is this is what we want. We we don't we don't want the old media anymore. We don't want this." And people started calling it legacy media because all of a sudden, you know, normal people were saying, "Well, I, I'd rather just turn on the TV." and uh, fire up youtube you know ignore all the mainstream channels but just turn on the tv fire up my youtube browser on there and pick stuff that i want to watch that i want to see you know material created by you know mark collett david duke etc 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 and i want to watch that that's these guys are on my wavelength they're normal people making content that i want to watch now at that point obviously the mainstream media and the powers that be could not tolerate such a thing you know this could not be tolerated and at that point they decided that there could never ever be a 
a genuine democratization of the mainstream media because if there was they wouldn't get the result they wanted and at that point it was terms like fake news started to spring about and you know this 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 nonsense you know you hear this all the time now democracy dies in darkness you know f fake news media and free democratized media is darkness and it it doesn't you know people you know people aren't learning the real truth and it's not by the, the way, truth, it's by the way opinions. the washington post started using that as their their cat's line on 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 their masthead only around the time we're talking about only around 2017 yeah that's, that's exactly what I mean. Is the Washington Post democracy dies in darkness, and then all of a sudden, you know, we went through this period of of basically looking at um, the way the world was and saying that okay, you know, if there's ever change, change has to be guided by a certain group of people who you know are going to make a certain group of decisions, and those people are you know, the people in power, and never can there be a situation where normal people, i.e., you know, people like me and you, etc., you know, get in on this, you know, and then you ended up with YouTube, rather than being an absolute haven of free speech, content creation, you know, media democratization, it just became more of the mainstream media. That was it. It just became more of the mainstream media it was nothing nothing else but just another instead of turning on the bbc to watch the bbc you now turn on youtube and you get the bbc and that's yeah. it you know well, I, I mean i'd love to continue this we're actually pretty much out of time I, but you know you mentioned the bbc you mentioned uh washington post and it's not as if mark collett had these the same reach as the bbc or washington post but you did at, for a time you had the same reach as a a given reporter or a given columnist at one of those organizations wouldn't they had to put an end to that but thank you so much for joining me mark well thank you for having me on it's been um it's been an absolutely phenomenal show i've, I've very much enjoyed it and uh please catch all my stuff over on odyssey rumble and uh bit shoot because that's where i'm confined to because there's no democratization of media and there's no true ai so you'll find me in those places thank you so much and i'll be back again tomorrow with another exciting episode of national google radio Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. 
To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. You can't handle the truth! You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit republicbroadcasting.org today because you can handle the truth.